Dave, it's March 186th. How are you? Oh, good, good. It's, uh, yeah, I just feel like I've gone from uh, eight one-hour meetings to like 16 half-hour meetings a day, and it's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's not better. It's And so as a result, the thing I've been doing is, uh, you know how you could do the smart meetings with, Google, where it's like, yeah. ah, it's going to be 25 minutes, 50 minutes, but I'd never hold myself to it. But I'm, I sort of made this mid-year resolution that I'm, I'm going to hold myself to it so I could actually get five minutes in between meetings to like recalibrate, catch my breath and all that. So, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. How do you, uh, do you, um, here's something, I do the same thing, which is ignore the, the Google smart meeting times. Um, but I find it's also, I think I know why, and it's because I don't actually set the expectation with other people on the call. Like, hey, I set this for mm -hmm. ending on the 50-minute mark, and I mean it, right? Yep, um, yep. I suppose I could be more vocal or more yes, more deliberate. Yeah, and I've noticed people, too, are scheduling 45-minute meetings, mm -hmm. which is more of an obvious way, you know, to, to you know, like signal that, that this is going to be less than an hour. So even if it goes to 50 minutes, you, you get 10 minutes. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been doing that. And then the other, so the weather has been so nice in Ohio. It's like uncharacteristically great. Uh, and so I've been doing my motorcycle riding and, and I ride with earplugs in and, um, you know, just to protect my ears and everything. And, um, and also like with, the helmet that I have, you know, it's like, it's this, uh, two ends of a spectrum. Do you want airflow or do you want it to be like not noisy? And you got to find that right balance. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the more airflow you get to be cool is great, but you're going to get a lot more of a, like a vortex effect through your, as, as you're riding around. So I'll also use earplugs. Right. And which really helps. And so I was using these max, uh, ear seals, which are different from the foam ones that you compress and jam in your ear. It's more of like a, I don't know, like some sort of, uh, um, it looks like a tree um, shape sort of thing, like a Christmas tree sort of thing. Um, sure. But um, the one that I had is like, yeah, it's getting a little old and sort of gross. So it's like, I, I ordered some off the internet uh, from, from China over AliExpress. And um, it was like a pack of 10 for like a dollar with free shipping. It's like, all right, what could go wrong? And I get them. Um, mm -hmm. and they are amazingly great, like better than the max ones that you would pay like five bucks for one set, like in the wow. store for. That's yeah. Great. And it's, it's, it's to the point too, that I, I wasn't, I was really messed up like riding my motorcycle because it was so quiet. Because I, like I'm so used to hearing the engine noise as to when to shift gears and everything, and I was just so conditioned for those old earplugs plus, you know, the engine noise. But it was so quiet, I was like second guessing myself all the time, and and I was like going like way faster than necessary, um, just because I, I wasn't getting that airflow and the 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 noise. It was just something else. But it took me a while to get used to. Yeah, it's interesting uh, how much you rely on on your ears. Uh, I know that like when I walk Rosie, if I walk in with, you know, I got my, my AirPods in and if I turn on the noise cancellation, super mm -hmm. disorienting, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
and it's, you know, I don't have your problem, right? It's not like I walk faster as a result, but, um, I just find it's, uh, yeah, just disorienting, um, to not have that kind of that sensory cue available to you. Right. Well, I mean, you're using probably your hearing to, you know, are there other people coming by or are they, um, uh, or are they, um, you know, is it a car coming? And and would you not hear that car coming, right, with the noise cancellation? So you're you're always looking over your shoulder. So I'm glad to hear about these earplugs, though. Uh, uh, so you say that they let you buy less than a thousand of them? Yeah, yeah. It was like a pack of ten for a dollar. That's great. That's great. Yeah. What a treat. When yeah. you find something like that, good for you. Yeah. Who knows what that. Uh, stuff is and I'm sticking in my ears, but, um, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but I did think about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a deafening material. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, I can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. But what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Um, Soren and I, uh, I introduced Soren to the notion of a tower defense game on the iPad. So okay. we've gotten it. We've got this new little, this new ritual that we do while the bath is filling up with water. We'll play a, we'll play a video game for a short while. And, Your uh, bath or his? Uh, his, his. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. and, uh, and so I said, have you ever heard of a tower defense game? And so, and, uh, so I introduced him to, uh, to, uh, uh, this game balloons, which is apparently already popular. And if I was 30 years younger, I would know all about this already. But anyway, a totally delightful story of a bunch of monkeys trying to prevent a bunch of balloons uh, from getting from one side of the map to the other. Um, and at first I was like, oh, this is cute. You know, they've got these monkeys throwing darts and then you can buy more monkeys and put them along the path and prevent the balloons from getting through. And then as you upgrade the items, they get increasingly ridiculous. Like, uh, you know, oh, now it's a tax shooter that shoots uh, tax automatically and which you mm. can upgrade and now becomes a ring of fire. Um, you can buy a monkey pirate ship that eventually you go through all the upgrades and it turns into a destroyer and then an aircraft carrier. (laughs) It's just (laughs) like, it's, it's really fun. Um, so we've, so that's been a treat. Unfortunately, this has led to a new problem, which is that, uh, Soren enjoys playing this game so much. He doesn't want to stop Mm. as a a parent. You might be familiar with this problem. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And so this led to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is uh, we may have talked about it on the show in the past, but this this uh, this article I read in the Harvard Business Review on the notion of an agile family meeting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you've been, you know, if you've done a retro, you've had you've had one of these, uh, but it's basically like doing a retro with your family. So Sunday night, you can sit down at dinner, and as a group, you go through and talk about uh, what went well this week. You talk about mm-hmm. what did not go well. And then you talk about areas that we want to improve for the next week. And then what is our reward if we end up do improving performance over the next week? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, it was really fun to do. Like, so Soren and I went through and said, okay, well, 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 going to the pool, that was fun. Okay, I agree. Yeah, that was, that was a good idea. Um, going outside and throwing uh, or kicking a soccer ball. Yeah, that was great. Like, we should definitely do that again. Um, and then mm-hmm. we talked about things that didn't go well. And this allowed me to broach the subject of his vice-like grip on his iPad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, well, that was kind of hard, right? And he says, yeah. I was like, there were, there were tears sometimes when, when the video games had to end. And he goes, yeah. 
Um, Yours or his? Well, both in the end. Okay. Um, right. And <laughs> so I said, well, what can we do to make this better? I said, and uh, anyway, we, we talked it over and we eventually got to, okay, if I set better expectations with him, giving him five-minute warning, you know, ten-minute warning, one-minute warning, um, then and he stops the game at the appointed time without tears, uh, mm-hmm. then he gets a two coupons uh, redeemable for not wanting, not having to walk Rosie. Hmm. Okay. And so this was the compromise in this. Actually, this this works out best for works out great for both of us. Um, and he is super excited. He, uh, I think, the nice thing, especially if you got little kids like I do, you know, six year old, um, the idea that he's got agency and you know he gets to he gets to offer up things that worked well for him and things that did not work well for him. And then we kind of worked collaboratively on finding a solution. Um, it just, he walked out of there feeling, feeling pretty great. And like he, you know, he'd been seen as a person. Uh, I felt mm-hmm. great because it was a tool that I could use to kind of resolve a conflict. Um, and uh, I don't know, only, only one, only one attempt so far, but uh, I'm ready to declare the agile family meeting a big winner. It was great. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it's like, I, I know we talked about this, like in the past where like people are using like uh, Trello and they're doing like daily standups right. or weekly standups and everything. But if I remember from this particular HBR article, um, you know, they talked about, you know, the, the family is like the most uh, waterfall command and control type environment <laughs> there is. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it's, uh, that's good for you. That's, that's yeah. great. Um, and you mentioned stand-up. So uh, mm-hmm. it turns out that I had accidentally also invented a stand-up. Um, mm-hmm. So at, at morning, every morning at breakfast, Soren and I discuss what we're going to do for the day. And uh, because I am a nerd, I record all this stuff in, in day one, which is my chosen mm-hmm. journaling app. So day one lets you, in a markdown style, lets you uh, create checklists, right? So you put mm-hmm. little boxes on there and... Um, and then throughout the day, I can kind of check those things off and we can look at our progress and things like that. And, uh, sometimes I print out these checklists, uh, but they're, they're not too fun to look at. They're really, you know, they, they look pretty antiseptic. Mm-hmm. Well, day one just created a, uh, a way of exporting a journal entry for Instagram, basically. Um, it's like, you know, take a picture and then overlay the text on it and lets you do a little bit of designing on it. And, uh, and I realized like, oh, if I take a picture of him, from the previous day and then put the checklist on it, it's way more fun for him, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, picture of him he gets to look at. Um, and so, and it's also a much more pleasant thing to hang up on the wall and, and look at. And so, right. uh, so each morning we go through the checklist and then I make a, uh, and then I export it, put the picture behind it and print it out and stick it up on the wall. And again, like, and it, basically I had, I had backed into a standup. I had invented a standup. So now I'm doing both standups and retros with my son. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And then he could he could check them off. Uh, he off loves the it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's like super wired for like checking off the thing and leveling up. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same, it tickles the same part of his brain that really likes badges and and you know and like levels. gamification. It's gamification, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, right. dude, it's been great. It's been great. Awesome. So what do we got for the show this week? Yeah, so let's see. So we're going to be exploring uh, hazmat suit and uh, Zoom background fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to scream at Iceland. And then uh, we're going to set off compiler bombs. I love it. 
I love it. Mm-hmm. This is. A, I'm really happy that the. Uh, it's kind of like the the supply chain is now yielding, or the market is now working on this COVID problem in in really fun ways, and it's coming up with extremely wacky solutions to the uh, COVID problem, which I'm 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 here for. Like I could. Wait. Yeah. I can wait. Yeah. Yep. It's probably all the cabin fever. Uh, people are just like losing it. Uh, it's coming up with great ideas. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So where so do Dave, we need to send them, uh, for like, uh, to learn about, uh, doing an, uh, agile family meeting and the, the stand up and all that stuff. Great question. They can go to dgshow.org. That's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what's a, what's the cutting room floor look like this week? Yeah, so we got the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme reimagined as a sad Irish pub ballad. Um, <laughs> we have a Disney reopening video reimagined as a trailer for Stephen King's The Stand. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a bookcase that is reimagined as a coffin. <laughs> the bookcase as coffin is a, that's a special shout out to a to fan of the show, Eric Morrissey. Um, <laughs> who will almost certainly be buried in a bookcase, I think. <laughs> with, with books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with his books, exactly. Yeah. Um, the thing on the Disney reopening video, I know that there were several versions of this going around, but I think I watching this, I, I, it's first of all, it's hilarious. Second, as I think we can all agree that any advertisement will be materially improved by uh, Don't Fear the Reaper on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So speaking of... Uh, not fearing the reaper. Um, you and I were, were going back and forth about, um, you know, with uh, electric cars and stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> you got your uh, Model Y. And <laughs> I saw that there is going to be a $13,000 electric car going on sale in the United States by 2020. Yeah. How about it? It's, yeah. Uh... What, yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we were going back and forth. This uh, So this is made by the... Uh... Uh, the Chinese company uh, Candy, I presume is how that's pronounced, K A N D I. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at thirteen thousand dollars, I think I think my quip was, uh, <laughs> let's call it the Widowmaker. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and I I think too, it's like I was like I was totally turned off by it's like man, this thing is ugly. But then you called it the Widowmaker, and I'm like, I could get behind this. <laughs> it brings out that that motorcycle danger thing that it's like you know it's it uh, like think about the uh the tough guy segment that you want to market to that is like uh you know smoking cigarettes and and driving a uh a k27 and it's called the widow maker right put some, <laughs> right. Put some decals on it get it all you know get, it, get some skulls on there i mean you're, you're doing all right <laughs> that's right that's right. Maybe maybe introduce some uh, some artificial diesel sounds. You know, vroom, vroom, yeah. Out of speakers right. in the back. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, but the thing is, is that there's the, I guess a seventy five hundred dollar federal tax credit, mm-hmm. and so the the car actually sells for uh, like pretty much twenty thousand five hundred dollars. But but then it hits thirteen thousand whenever you subtract the seven thousand five hundred dollars. And I'm like thinking it's like wow it's like that tax credit is really subsidizing the import of these uh chinese electric cars yeah as a percentage of of the car right that's almost it's like two-fifths of the car (laughs) that's right yeah it's amazing paid for yeah 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 but um it's a looker 
Yeah, that's right. No, it looks it. They they did not. Uh, uh, they did not spare any expense on the uh, on the industrial design. It's a cool looking car. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, or or they they didn't go broke uh, on industrial design. <laughs> it would be another way to look at it. <laughs> that's right. You wonder where where the cost savings went. Uh, probably that's that's one area. So. <laughs> right. Yep. So it's, but if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, it's, it'll be uh, coming your way. And then they got a slightly bigger one for um, the that's a, the uh, K27. But oddly, the the K23 mm-hmm. is more expensive, um, right. and it's uh, twenty well thirty grand, and then twenty three thousand um, yeah. after the or uh, twenty two five hundred after the tax credit. It makes me wonder if that K rate is like some like assessment of risk, like mm. <laughs> for a thirteen thousand dollar car, you get a level yeah. twenty seven risk, and then for a few, few more thousand dollars, kill. <laughs> yeah, kill? that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's the lethality of the machine. Is the, <laughs> is what they're measuring. Yeah, if you had like the K one hundred, that's like it's a, it's, a, it's a death machine. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Instantly yeah. kills you. It's yeah. basically, it's basically, yeah. It's a, it's an electric sled with a seatbelt. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. yeah, that's flammable. It, it just catches on fire as soon as you hit the gas pedal. Right. Yeah, uh, that's great. But K, K is also for uh, Krispy Kreme. Yeah, that's right. So they, you know, how we're always looking for new ways to do uh, face masks and shields, and there is the three D printable one here. Here. You could actually use a Krispy Kreme box to do uh, your own PPE face shield without a 3D printer. It's great. Just a Krispy Kreme box and some tape. Yep, that's it. Done. That's great. And you know what? I'll bet it smells great in there. Mm-hmm. Well, you could probably lick it. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, for safety. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And, but, you know, we've been talking about masks. We've been talking about face shields, uh, but we haven't been talking about hazmat suits. That's true. That's true. Uh, you'll remember that I watched, uh, what was it? Uh, Contagion was the... Mm, yeah, right. The pandemic movie. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. I can't remember yeah. what it was called. Yeah. Contagion. And um, Jude Law walks around in like a big bubble suit. You remember that? Mm-hmm. But it's only mm-hmm. like from the waist up. Yeah. You remember that? I was. Yeah. I wonder if that's for sale. But then... It, Looking at this hazmat suit that we're about to talk about, it reminded me of that. It looks like a, uh, I don't know, what it, it makes it, well, you know, what does it look like? It looks like, uh, it looks like you're about to go on some, like, Victorian undersea adventure. I was about to say, it's like 20,000 leagues under the sea, sort of like, uh, um, like undersea suit, um, that would go, but it's, instead of having just the little thing that you see out of it, it's, it's like full size, yeah. but it's designed for the business traveler in mind. Yeah, that's right. It, it does have like an executive air about it, or kind of like yeah. executive death robot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's where. Um, yeah. So this company, I guess, are they're called Visor, and you can get one of these. It's only two hundred fifty dollars. It looks cool. It actually it reminds me of our Rick Moranis in Spaceballs. Is what it reminds me of. Mm, yeah. It's, yep. it's got that like it's got like Darth this like uh, Darth Vader cowl, but with the clear mm-hmm. front on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So would would you go for that? Would you sit in the airplane wearing that? If I had to wear that on an airplane, I would not fly. 
I'll put okay. it like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Noted. Nice. What about the uh, Krispy Kreme? What if you had to sit next to a guy that had the Krispy Kreme shield? <laughs> it, I suppose it depends if he's sharing his donuts or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, don't let him touch them, but yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. Okay. Um, but it's like this this company isn't the only one uh, that is developing these uh, like hazmat suits. There's another outfit called uh, Under the Weather Pods mm-hmm. that um, they are, you know, it's like they're trying to find the silver lining in uh, COVID and everything. And uh, they're looking for ways to help people enjoy sporting events um, and things like that by having these uh, um, these pods that you could sit in. And so... Um, you could walk around in them, you could stand in them, you could unzip them, you could drink your drinks. Because that's that's one of the problems, right? You, it's like if that previous one, that visor thing, there's, I don't know if there's a way that you could, you know, eat your peanuts on the airplane, right? right. And yeah. and uh, drink your, your Diet Coke. Uh, whereas with these uh, uh, under the weather pods, you could, you know, you basically your, your entire upper torso is encased in... Um, one of these pods. Yeah. So you could, you could have your snacks and everything. Yeah. It looks like, um, how do you describe this? It looks like a cheap picnic tent, but Mm -hmm. human torso sized, Mm -hmm. uh, with like a zipper window, uh, through the opening. And then if I, if I look at the other photo you've included here, they also have a duplex version, which has a, you can put a bench inside. Yep. And, uh, and I guess it looks like this is, designed to collapse down so it's easy to carry or easy to easy to take around like a tent right yeah yeah so imagine like the uh sporting events right Mm -hmm. where you got your personal version where you're sitting in the stadium and um like uh you could see these people and you notice that you could tell when people are faking when they smile um (laughs) yeah that's that's how these pictures look right yeah Um, so yeah and then um, I can imagine for the one that is like the duplex and you could probably just keep adding these on maybe, I don't know. Uh, but for like a lot of the like soccer games or baseball games where, you know, it's like you could, uh, be, uh, socially distant, I guess, with, uh, uh, in, encased in plastic, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. um, yep. um, with, uh, loved ones, I guess that are not symptomatic. <laughs> That's right. I just, it makes me so sad to think, like, we're now living in a world where this is something that somebody felt like they needed to create. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's a bummer. Yep. Yeah, and then they, they got these other ones that are, it looks like, it, it looks like a raincoat with suspenders, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's like one of those pods. It's a much bigger pod, but it's like suspenders, so you could, like, walk around. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So rather than a face shield, it's almost like a whole body shield. Right. Um, and here they've got it in the in the don't hit me yellow color of uh, right. construction equipment or parking attendants or something like that. Yeah, or please hit me. Uh, yeah. Hit me in misery. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's right. My boss is making me walk around in this bubble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. And we have a show title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah. yeah. And so we got that, and um, but have you have you been following? It's like, are, are you a fan? Are you for or against cargo shorts? Uh, strongly against. 
I have the yeah, I have the uh, the zeal of the converted on this. I used to be, I had a regretful cargo pants phase uh, when I was a younger man, uh, but I now realize what a horrible mistake I had made, and uh, now cargo pants, no thank you. Why? Uh, uh, they are. Uh, I've come to appreciate the human form, and uh, they are they distort the human form. I guess that's the best way to put it. Just aesthetically, like accentuating your thighs and uh, no, no thanks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The pockets. I, do, I appreciate the pocket. I, I appreciate the, the value of the pockets. Although like whenever I put something in those pockets, it always banged against my legs. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. True. So no, I could, I could fit a bunch of cans of beer in, in those pockets. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that's right. Yeah, I'm not saying they would be useful. They, I'm not saying they would be useful for anybody. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. saying for me, They're functional, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess uh, as far as the the human form and all that, if you could have uh, a cargo mask, you would be for or against it. <laughs> I saw this photo. It did crack me up. I if if somebody if I saw somebody wearing this on the street, I would laugh. I would appreciate it as a <laughs> in the spirit it was intended. Okay. No, it could be serious. You never know. Keep, yeah. Keep your snack in there or whatever. And, <laughs> That's right. It does come close to a feed bag. It's, it's you know, yeah. a mask with a little cargo, <laughs> cargo shield, like two Velcro lidded yeah. uh, pocket on the front. <laughs> so you put like a taco in there and uh, yeah, you're, you're set. Just you, for safety. You yeah. yeah. Or, or like, you know, that, that also solves a problem of like you're on the airline and you want your pretzels, you know, just, yeah. Fill that with pretzels and, and <laughs> cut a hole in it, and and then you're you're set. Off to the races. You could keep uh, di- you could keep mints in there. Keep your breath nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. When you're done with your pretzels, you could have multiple pockets, I guess. So. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And and so are you? Are, have you changed like it? Like if you look at the um, as as we adjust to the new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, have your video conferencing styles changed over time? Like pre-COVID to like March to like today? Yeah, uh, good question. So it did make me more aware of my setup, um, but I was lucky enough to be mostly remote to start with. So it wasn't like a huge, I know several people went through a whole transformation. They had to like find a place in their houses and things like that. That was not the, that was in my case, that was, that did not happen. Thankfully. Um, I was kind Mm of, um, uh, I got an early start there. I did start tinkering around with like different microphone speaker combinations. I was trying to get a, uh, fully, uh, I wanted basically a speakerphone experience, right. Where I had like good sound, but didn't Mm -hmm. have to be tethered to wires or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Couldn't quite make that work, so I ended up with a combination of uh, AirPods and using the uh, microphone in my webcam, and uh, mm-hmm. that seems to have uh, that's that's my favorite setup right now. But yeah, like the backgrounds and all that other stuff, I had mostly I, I feel like I had mostly solved that problem. Okay, um, uh, but what, what about you? Um, very similar. I I was uh, you know it's you know I've I've have the webcam. I have my separate microphone. I got, I got the earbuds. So it's kind of nice. I could, you know, turn off, mute my video if I need to walk away and refill my water or something, but I could still hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, so I found that to be better than being tethered to my desk and, or if I want to get up and stretch or whatever, but, uh, what, 
so we, we got your policy on car cargo pants, but what about um, like uh, the the fancy backgrounds? Oh yeah, yeah. The like the, the artificial pants. virtual backgrounds. Yeah. So I do appreciate a good novelty background. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so show up to a rough meeting in the pits of hell. Uh, I think that stuff like that, I think is funny as like a gag. Um, but I know, I do know that, you know, people who put, uh, put backgrounds in of like some anonymous library, right? So it's just like a wall of books behind them or something like that. And I don't know, you know, what really bothers me is like the cutting and like being able to see the seam on the background. Um, mm. oh, like it, it's like, it's not a pure green screen experience. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that really, that really does distract me. That's, and, uh, I think that's the. Let's set the policy there, which is uh, if your background is a distraction to the people who are working with you, then uh, you need to find another solution, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where, you know, the other thing that I, I've been doing as well is I've, I've you know, tried to go from, you know, before it was like a lot of people didn't use video at all to mm -hmm. it's like, OK, we're all remote, so we're going to be video by default. And then it sort of swung the other way where it's like, yeah, people are tired or you know, family wise that, you know, it's like, okay, you could turn your video off. That's okay. I get it. You know, we all have a moment where like me, you know, I want to turn off my camera and go and, and uh, refill my water or something. And that's, that's all right. You know, yeah. Yeah. um, or, you know, it's like, you're just like, ah, I haven't had a chance to like put myself together or whatever. I get it. Um, but, um, yeah. And, and the other thing that I think about too, is that you know what you know the backgrounds i'm sure are they have their use for people that it's like they're not in the right situation to um you know to be able to have a, a presentable background so right. my guess is that i would rather have a, a a a virtual background that's less of a distraction than a real background that is a distraction yes that's fair that is fair yeah yeah, yeah i agree yeah. with that but um, yeah, there was a uh, was it HBR another HBR article um, that talked about um, you know the whole dress for success sort of thing of like well, what are the right ways to dress and you know obviously you don't want to wear um, like a pinstripe or a pattern because you'll get the Morier effect and everything mm -hmm. um, don't want to do that um, they also said of the people that they surveyed that um, you know the only like a, a very small minority of people liked the virtual backgrounds and they they were saying that yeah it's probably not the most professional thing yeah yeah no that sounds right that sounds right yeah and Although, it's just a, it's a yet another uh yet another way in which um like i am lucky enough to have uh, an environment that is like i like to think that i have a rather nice background it's just because mm -hmm. my my home environment is very nice and i know that not everybody has a chance for that to be true um, and so it feels, it does feel unfair to punish somebody when like, listen, I got to broadcast out of, you know, I got to do this out of my basement. And instead of looking at steam pipes, you're going to look at, uh, whatever, you know, uh, a tropical Island instead. Um, and, uh, anyway, it, it, it does not seem fair. Um, even if yes. it is, even if it is true. Well, I, w I would say oh, there's a, the continuum, right. Of the. You know, the, like you said, the, it's like I got to get away because the, the kids are melting down or whatever, and I got to go in the basement, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want, I don't want to show the pipes, but maybe showing that library picture or the, the a nice background that looks like an office space would be better than the animated, um, you know, beach 
video right. or whatever. Right. right. Yeah. 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 But um, there is actually a virtual background award that people can apply to. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. Nice. So uh, check out uh, the at uh, uh, Zoom winning, and um, you could you could nominate. <laughs> This is great. Uh, just clicking through here, the, the one on my mind, my eye is immediately drawn to uh, the woman with the uh, the "This is fine" background, <laughs> right. with the dog sipping the coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Lots of fun there. Yeah, and yeah. this will be a, a good chance for people to uh, bring their most creative selves out. But um, oh, and speaking of creativity. Um, have you ever been to Iceland? I have not, regretfully. I do. That is on my list. I would love to go to Iceland, but I have not been there yet. What if you could scream in Iceland from the comfort of your own home? Oh, yeah. You, yeah, that sounds, it sounds not great for Iceland, but that sounds very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the uh, Iceland uh, Tourism Board have set up speakers uh, all around Iceland where you could submit whatever you want to scream and it will, uh, um, those speakers will uh, broadcast your scream um, <laughs> in Iceland. That's great. That's it. That, that is, uh, that seems very on brand for Iceland, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's another win there for creativity with uh, COVID. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's these big speakers. They look like these big Marshall amp stacks, but, uh, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And speaking of podcasts, um, I, I saw, you know, Gimlet, Gimlet Media, um, they're getting sued for not making podcasts accessible to the deaf and hard of hearing. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like, and that's the thing. It's like, I wonder if, like, whose responsibility is it if, you know, is it the device provider or is it the content provider? I guess, you know, that, that should, you know, think about maybe is, is a closed captioning would be a good example, right? Where, right. Um, you know, the TV should be able to do closed captioning and I guess the content has to be closed captionable, but I would think that you could, through the magic of smartphones and AI, you could probably have like some assistive technology that could, in the same way it could do like live translation, it could do live closed captioning. Yes, that's true. Although if you're talking about like whose responsibility should it be to provide the, to, I mean, if if that's available, that's nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, I could see an argument that, uh, you know, an ADA kind of argument that uh, if you're going to do a podcast, uh, of a certain size, um, or certainly if you're, if you're running the podcast as a business, maybe I'll, maybe mm-hmm. I'll put the cut line there. Like it seems reasonable to, uh, to say that you should provide transcripts or, or yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, well, I guess transcripts is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That seems right. Right. Exactly. And, and I can only imagine it's like, I think zoom does transcripts now maybe, or maybe you got to be at a certain tier and Google um, does for uh, sure. Yeah, it does. I know it does live closed captioning, but I didn't know if it does. Um, oh, transcripts. Uh, transcripts. Yeah, that I don't know. That I don't know. Which you would think would not be if you're already doing the closed captioning, you should be able to do the transcripts. Right. Yes. You just pipe it to a file and yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Yeah, and la last, but, uh, well, yeah, last. Um, so we talked about zip bombs in 183, right? Right. Where it's like, what what are the options where you could get a file to, you go to unzip it, and it would just, like, you know, totally take up all your storage. Mm -hmm. um, there's another thing called a compiler bomb. So um, being able to take a piece of code and then... Um, have it uh, blow out to the biggest executable possible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So there's this one, and I, I take pride in knowing C, but I don't even know. Like, there's, there's I, I put it in the show notes here. There's an example program here. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what this does. I've never seen C constructed like that. Uh, yeah, I, that is strange i don't even understand what syntax is at work here um it's basically there's a main declaration but the main has a has square brackets around it it's with a negative yeah with yeah. a negative one u inside equals and then uh hitchcock brackets one semicolon basically it's a very short program mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i don't recognize what any of those i yeah I, I don't even understand what that does but what what happens when you compile it um, well, you, uh, 29 bytes of source code will yeah. give you a 16 gigabyte executable. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like, if you go and, and I was like poking around on this, um, you know, and they talk about, it's like, uh, um, it, in this particular program, uh, the person said, I recommend against doing this compile on any remotely production related machine. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's there's another one in Python which looks more it it looks like math, mm -hmm. um, like it's doing some looks like some bit shifting with some powers and um, yeah. I guess and yeah. and uh, yeah, sixteen bytes of source generates uh, a greater than uh, thirty two terabyte uh, PYC file. That's fantastic. Just yet another reason to uh, uh, to not just blindly compile something that somebody somebody offered to you. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, that's what I, I'm telling Lauren at all the time. It's like she would be like, you know, uh, with when she was doing robotics, it's like, oh, I'm trying to find a piece of code that does this or that, and would like find stuff on like uh, Stack Exchange and copy and paste and just try to hammer it into working instead of like taking a step back and. Uh, it's like, well, what do you want your code to do? And we'll, let's walk through the flow here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here, here are per two perfect examples of uh, why you don't want to do that. Well, and if and if I could do some log rolling, a good this is a good argument for the use of control groups. Mm -hmm. Yes. When right. you are compiling, because uh, unless you have some constraints around memory use and and, and I/O and things like that, you're gonna uh, you might run into a bad time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, compilers can be very memory intensive, especially with source code like this. So. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah, so I guess if people want to tell us what these programs do, um, wh where should they be sending the uh, the viewer mail? Uh, they should uh, they should go to uh, dgshow.org. Uh, that's D as in Dave, G as in compiler bomb, show.org. Nice, yeah. Yeah, and check out the uh, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Irish Pub Ballad while, while you're here. 
it is it is very, a, yeah it's, it's a, yeah it's a aggressively emotional i would say <laughs> yeah yeah that's great all right dave yeah we'll catch everybody next time thanks dave thanks everyone <laughs>